Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Pam. I'm real happy to be here. And we're going to be continuing our series on the Ten Commandments and trying to live these holy commandments in modern life. And uh, I did want to speak to a certain point because as I was, you know, preparing to report, record the podcast, I was like, okay, well, what number are we on here? And I looked at one list and it on the internet, I just like Googled whatever 10 commandments and, you know, a list popped up and I was like, wait a second. I've, I thought that we were not that far along yet. It was, or we weren't there. It didn't look right or whatever. And then I realized, oh, that's right. Protestant lists of the Ten Commandments and Catholic lists of the Ten Commandments are a little different. And I realized that we hadn't addressed that, um, you know, because it's the kind of thing where I think some people don't even realize that if they've never actually just done a search on it before. They just know what they've heard growing up or, you know, looked in their Bible and never really... Uh, made the distinction. So I wanted to just kind of talk about where they differ. So just so people could know, because for us on the quote unquote Catholic list of the uh, 10 commandments, we're going to be starting with the third commandment today. Uh, Remember to keep the Lord's day holy. But uh, the reason for that, that that one's number three is because when we started with number one, we did, you shall have no false gods before me and you shall make no graven images was one commandment. And on the Protestant list, they separate those two. So it's no false gods, one, two, no graven images. Hmm. And so that's where the... The separation happens up front where we are right now. And then later what happens is the Catholic list separates um, the coveting part. So in in the Catholic list, it's thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And thou, and then a second, another commandment is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Right. But on the Protestant list, they keep those together as one commandment. Thou shalt not covet what is belongs to your neighbor. I find this also <laughs> fascinating, like the history of, of Christendom in general and how things kind of worked out that way. Like, well, who decided that? Yeah. And, and honestly, that just a, yeah, I don't have the whole story yeah, about how that um, developed, but I will say this. When I went back and looked at it and came to the understanding of where the separations are, I like the Catholic one better. Yeah. Now, now, I would have been 100% honest if I liked the Protestant one better and said I like the Protestant one better. That's true. That but is true. But the reason I like the Catholic one better is because I do think there should be a distinction between coveting a person and coveting goods. Okay. Like, those are two very big different things, whereas at the fir- at the outset— I believe a graven image to worship a graven image is to worship a false god, and so those two things really are part and parcel of each other. So the idea that you would keep them as one commandment to me makes sense. Right. But I think the dignity of your neighbor's spouse requires that it be separated from your neighbor's goods. Agreed. You know, and you know, Megan, one of the things as an adult that I learned about the Ten Commandments, you know, as a convert, which I thought was really super cool, is how um, they're actually separated into how to treat God, mm-hmm. how to treat yourself, and then how to treat others. Is that correct? Can you like make that a little more poetic than I'm doing? Like no, it's no, in those I mean, three I think, categories. I do think that definitely 
first right up front is getting into right relationship with Mm God. Right. right? And that's, you know, today we'll be talking about um, keeping the Lord's day holy and how that impacts keeping uh, a right relationship with God. Um, My understanding is it's really towards God and towards others. And when you're doing those things properly, then you're going to be properly disposed within yourself because you're going to be outside of sin. Um, Because, you know, I sort of get back to that idea of when Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. Those are the summary of all the law and prophets, right? And so love your neighbor as yourself. True, true. So, yeah, this idea that if you're in relationship, right relationship with God, right relationship with others, you're going to be in a place that is well-ordered within yourself. Mm. So, yeah. You could have the two or the three, depending on how you want it. Okay. But I guess my when I'm looking at the Ten Commandments, there's none that specifically says something about yourself. Okay. Okay. So. I, I'm always open to learning more. Well, and I don't think that's something that's definitely a, I'm right, you're wrong, or whatever, oh, no. but just perspective <laughs> on things. Yeah. That's so, why we're here because I'm learning to have right? to have that's conversations, right. right? And this is what Especially we're trying if to. We have misconceptions. Yeah, well, I think it's also just something to encourage. You know, I think this whole thing, this podcast, is all about encouraging people to have these conversations, like we're having in their own relationships, right? That's right. You can sit and listen to us chit chat, right? And that's great and wonderful, and it might, you know engage your mind and and engage your heart to think about things in a different way or um, to agree or disagree with what we're saying. But ultimately we want our listeners to really take these things into their own personal relationships and make it a place of um, connection and communion and growing in relationship with each other in their own lives. Like I think this is one of the things that we struggle with um, in the current culture is that we do kind of, become very isolated in a way where we listen to a lot of stuff. We may have a lot of, you know, education in areas due to all the um, availability of things like podcasts and, you know, books, eBooks and, um, you know, audible and all these sort of things that we can hear and receive and digest things. But that doesn't create relationship. Doesn't create um, intimacy, you know, and so we're meant to share what we learn, to, to discuss things, to agree or disagree, but in doing so, learn how to engage with each other in ways that are charitable and um, respectful of other people's opinions. So it's interesting because one of the things I find as um, a bit of a struggle in my own life is that I, for whatever reason, maybe the way I speak or whatever, a lot of people don't push back on me if they disagree with something that I'm saying. They tend to just kind of... Because you speak with authority. It's your personality. And yeah, that can be good or bad, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so, but I like, when somebody does push back, it's like, you know, I don't really see things the same way. I disagree. And I am so happy. (laughs) It's like, all right, let's dig into it. Let's, Let's really, you know, discuss this and come to a greater knowledge of each other, even through our disagreement. Like, with love and respect and, and everything. And I think because there's right. so much less of that in the world today that when 
you are in a place of disagreeing with another person, like people tend to just run away. Well, that's one of the reasons I enjoy our relationship so much, because if we do disagree, it's uh, I almost feel like, oh, there's a point of learning here. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. one of those that is not going to well, not I, I question you. Yeah, it's <laughs> I think good. it's why we have these conversations. Right. Is exactly. Because, well, you know, I don't exactly see it this way. And so that conversation then becomes very good and fruitful. Absolutely. So I'm just wanted to reiterate that yeah. as a, an encouragement yeah, to people sure. to don't let it just stop within your own hearing. Right. There's a verse, uh, I forget where it is, um, but Paul says it, um, you know, how can they know if they have not heard? Mm. Right? right. When he's talking about spreading the gospel. Right. And I'm saying also not just about spreading the gospel, but, but how about your own heart? How can people know your own heart or your own mind if they have not heard what is in your heart and in your mind? So I just encourage people to have conversations, go, go out into the deep together, you know? Well, you know, getting, getting a kind of back to this topic on keeping the Lord stay holy. I think this Lent is right around the corner. Maybe we'll spark some interest in trying to reframe our Sundays. During the context of this conversation. So I'm, right. I'm That's actually a really good segue to think about, okay, how about we use our Sundays, uh, our times of keeping the day, Lord's Day holy for having some of these conversations that yeah. are ordered towards gr- growing in knowledge of God, growing in knowledge of each other. That's a perfect thing to do on a Sunday. Like how many of us, and honestly, like I'll, I'll be the first to give the mea culpa. Like how many of us come home from mass or church, if you're not a, uh, Catholic and you're listening and really just discuss what happened there. Mm. Like w- what about those readings that we read and what do you think about the homily or the sermon? And did you agree with what he said? Did that touch you? Did that resonate with you? Like we don't follow up on the things that we hear a lot of times. We're like, okay, that stayed there and we go home and right. go off and do our own thing. But how much do we miss when we don't like really dig into things? And right. I like having the family conversation on the way home from mass about, so what did you take away from father's homily or the gospels? Mm-hmm. Those are sometimes kind of fun because then um, people see it differently. Sure. And so then yeah. that encourages a conversation of its own. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there was, the, I did find a, a verse from Isaiah that I really wanted to just read as kind of the place to ground this conversation about uh, keeping the Lord's day holy. So I'm just going to go ahead and read that and that maybe we can kind of parse that out a little bit Perfect. about um, what the prophet is speaking to us through this. So it's from Isaiah chapter 58 and it goes like this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day, the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Beautiful. I love that. It just, it does kind of parse, like, really make you think about our own selfishness. And I think sometimes, um, definitely because of our human nature, you have to really think about okay, is this really, am I really acting willfully on my own? Like choosing myself 
or can I justify it to be choosing God? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, right. I think that's one of the way that the the evil one really kind of gets and kind of scrambles our brain. Oh, well, that's really okay to do because a lot of other people are counting on you or, or things mm-hmm. like that when we really should be saying just no. I agree. I, I, this I, this concept of going our own way, doing as we please, it's so much a part of our, the struggle in our lives, I think, that, that idea of, well, you know, this is what feels good. This is what is interesting to me. This is what I find fun. This is what, you know, is fulfilling. And... The reality is, is that, yes, the Lord does put desires on our heart. He does give us um, things that he draws us to as joyful or pleasurable or whatever. But if it's of the Lord, it will never contradict something that he's commanded. Yeah. You know, and so if he's commanded in many different ways that we observe a day for him, you know, that we really honor him in a specific, intentional way. I mean, really the term holy, what holy means is set apart. So when, when it says, keep the Lord's day holy, it's not just saying don't sin as much on that day. Like try to like keep it, keep your sin under control on that day. No, it's really saying... I'm calling you as my people to take a day that you set apart for me. And that's a question that I think is a place of examination of conscience is regarding one's Sunday. Do I really set it apart? Does it really look that different? Well, Megan, the one thing we haven't really said in context of this, which is the first way I started to look at my Sundays different, is what does it mean for it to be a day of rest, like resting in the Lord? Mm-hmm. And years ago, I gave myself permission to take naps on Sundays. <laughs> nice. Because I was like, that was part of the refreshment that I needed. Sure. More prayer, more downtime. And I will challenge everyone to say more silence, too. Like, conversation mm-hmm. beautiful, yes. But, you know, pulling away from those distractions of the world, television, social media, all those kinds of things, and, and resting in the discomfort of that silence, you know, when was the last time you ate a meal and didn't have a conversation with family or weren't on your phone? You know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, right. like just really rest with your thoughts and let God in, in, um, inspire those thoughts, which I think that the unplugging notion on a Sunday is a really um, to me, that's so beneficial because I find God in the silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes, especially as Catholics, as we have this sense of the Sunday obligation, right, to go to mass, that we really do a lot of times run into that habit of, okay, once I've checked that box, once I got the obligation out of the way, then the rest of the day is just mine to do with as I please, because I've fulfilled my obligation. Mm. But the reality is, is that actually, no, mass isn't just your obligation. The Lord, the Lord said, keep the day holy. So the whole day really is our obligation mm-hmm. to the Lord. Um, and so that question of, well, how can you go 
move from the mindset of, all right, once I've checked the, the mass box or the I've gone to church box, uh, you know, I'm good to go. How do we move from that mindset to more of a mindset of making the whole day an offering to the Lord? Right. And interestingly enough, I, you know, I think one of the things that's really important for me to just state right now as we're going through these commandments and as we do this podcast is that sometimes we can be talking and it with conviction and everything and make it sound like, oh yeah, I totally am killing it on all these things. I'm do, I just do it. I do it perfectly. You know, y'all are just listening to me because here I am sitting on my, you know, throne of holiness, uh, speaking as someone who does all this. No, no, just yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Realizing you should do it's, something. It's always a struggle, Megan. Right. I mean, as long as I've been devoted to it, it's still a struggle for me. I know. Knowledge is not necessarily always making it happen, yep. right? You can yep. know something is right and sure. still not do it, right? And so I will say that, you know, I have not really done a great job always of keeping the Lord's Day holy. But what I have found that something in my life more recently that has really impacted it is... My children and I decided to go to mass at a different time. So we used to go to mass on Sunday morning. And for a number of reasons, we decided to move to going to the mass that's at 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. And what I have found for me, and this is not going to work the same way for everybody, but for me, what I have found is because I know that mass is coming at the end of the day, the rest of the day becomes a preparation mm. for the fulfillment of the day, which is mass. I love that. Yeah. I too, we too go in the evenings, but I don't think I prepared as well as that, <laughs> but I'll look at it differently for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, some people I've, you know, I've talked about how, oh, I go to the 6 p.m. and they're like, oh, I couldn't do that. I feel like I need to start the day with mass. Like it doesn't feel right if I don't start the day with mass. And that may be sure. a better way for those folks to really get on the right page to just start the day with mass. And then that can set the tone for the rest of the day. If that works for yes. them, great. Do that. Right. Yeah. Really do the thing that does draw you to give that day as, as an offering. Well, to I have him. to say in our family, you know, I still have a teenager at home and that's like one of the only days she works on Saturdays. So she's at work pretty early. And that's the only day she really gets to sleep in and get some good rest. And teenagers really do need that. They mm -hmm. really burn. Sure. So we typically will go to a 530 on a, on a Sunday um, typically so we can have more downtime in the morning. There's more relaxation. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to look at it as more preparation. That was part of the same yeah. part of the reason that we made that decision, that my kids were just like, you know, said we really would like to start the day off without as much hectic busyness yes. to get out the door, right. you know. And so, you know, it's kind of sweet in a way. Like I'll find, you know, I'm usually up before them and, um, you know, so my husband and I will be sitting in the living room having coffee and then eventually they'll kind of make their way down. And a lot of times we'll just all be sitting very quietly and peacefully in the living room together, you know, maybe doing our own thing. But there's this real sense of just quiet and peace with the knowledge that nobody's going anywhere anytime soon. We've got plenty of time to just... Relax. Ease into the day. Yeah, rest. Restfulness. Yeah, really you know, to rest. He does. I think he wants, you know, 
you and I have talked in the past too about holy recreation mm-hmm. and that recreation of self, which is what Sundays are for. It should be like a little mini retreat for us each week because heaven knows I need that. I need that a deeper connection um, on a Sunday to just get outside myself and forget all the cares of the world and just really focus on my love of the Lord and all that he's doing in our lives. Yeah. And I, and I want to go back to the verse from Isaiah because there's a promise in it. It's mm. not just like do this because I deserve it. And guess what, people? Even if it were just that, do this because God deserves it, that should be That's enough. Mm. That should Amen. be enough for us. But he gives a promise. He says, if you do this, if you honor a day for me, if you make the Lord's day holy through the way that you live it, you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast in the inheritance of your father, Jacob. And so it's interesting to read that because I think a lot of people feel this sense of, well, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do as far as, you know, I go to mass or, you know, I try not to commit mortal sins or whatever, but I don't really feel a lot of joy in the Lord. Like, I don't really, I'm not really feeling it, you know? Well, mm. he's telling you, if you give your, put yourself in a disposition to really honor him by giving him a whole day, really be attentive to him, to offer yourself to him, you he know, will I'll, bring joy through that. Right, and, and there's a little bit of sacrifice I'm hearing oh, as you're saying sure. that, yeah. that we can't, you know, we need to sacrifice some of those creature comforts, maybe uh, those little things that like, this is what I, you know, in your, your whole, your personal will to do, like, uh, let's say a young man in his video games or something like that, mm-hmm. like to give that up, to, to offer a little sacrifice to the Lord is so efficacious and growing closer to him. Right. And I think sometimes it's hard for people to imagine that not partaking of things that they find fun or enjoyable, like not spending the whole day watching sports or catching up on, you know, whatever you're binging on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like, but to not do that, that you're going to have more joy that actually spending time in scripture or whatever, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, that sounds a little boring. Holy reading. Yeah. But the reality is God's given us a promise and he keeps his promises. He's a, he's a God of, of promises and of promises kept. And so if we can grow in trust that he really will fulfill these promises, if we are obedient and we are willing to do what he asks of us, then I think we're really going to experience a lot of what hearts are longing for, which is this joy of the Lord and this idea that, you know, we can transcend the, the cares, the concerns, the struggles of the day-to-day life that are so present to us often. And that there is something more for us than that. And he wants to give it to us if we will only give ourselves to him. Right, right. So Megan, let's give some real world scenarios, like maybe from our own lives about things that we reject on a Sunday um, to give more to the Lord. I do think uh, for me in particular, I would say I have a tendency to mindlessly watch television um, 
HGTV and Food Network. Those yeah. are the two things that I tend to watch a lot of. I'm what? Uh, how girly? Not is that? unhealthy. But, not you know. They're not. Thing. It's nothing yeah. like inappropriate. Although I do sometimes have to turn off the HGTV show when they're you know house hunting with the same sex couple. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But you know. But that's. It's just mindless. It's mm. just. It doesn't require anything of me. It's very passive and just a, a very kind of minor pleasure. Right, right. Um, but to turn that off and to really like dig into one of the spiritual books I'm reading right. or just to go for a longer walk or spend more time in prayer, or have some conversation with my kids or, right. you know, to do those things instead of just the easy, quick fix of let me just turn on this show and be entertained for, you know, an hour. Like, yeah. I would say one of my real world ones right now is... Um, shopping like causing someone else to work you know mm, like uh-huh, yeah um grocery store which is not a big deal for me not to go to the store so that you know i really may really need to but i will say no not today it's yeah. sunday well, uh, like the grocery with, store on sunday is a nightmare anyway because apparently mm. a lot of people aren't making that choice <laughs> because it is very busy and yeah. every now and then when i have to do it right i'm just like oh i hate it i hate it going right, to the grocery store on sunday right. it's so busy yeah and sometimes it comes up my daughters are like can I go get a book today? I really want a new book or, you know, Oh, there's a sale going on at X, Y, Z. Can we go pop in over there? I'm like, no, it's Sunday. I don't want to do that. But the one idea I struggle with too, though, is going out to eat, which, um, in community, sometimes after mass, we've gone with friends, which I Mm -hmm. think is a beautiful thing to go and go out to dinner with them. So I kind of struggle with, you know, the the restaurant thing. I can kind of see that on either way in the sense of, Especially if it really is building community, like to do that. And it does prevent you from having to do a whole mm-hmm. bunch of work at home right. that would take you away from that. I feel, I guess there is part of me. It's like, well, those people are going to have to work regardless. And so maybe if you do go out to eat, be particularly generous with your, right. with your tip and, and say, you could even say something like, I'm sorry that you, you have, have to, to work. work on Sunday, <laughs> but I'm glad that I can be here to bless you, you know, yeah. if, if you have to. So, you know, that right. that's a way that you could, you know, bring charity into the right. situation. Um, but I think the main thing really that transcends everything is just be intentional, yeah. you know, really mindful about what you're up to and, and who you want to be for the Lord in that day. And, you know, we're wanting to keep these a little bit shorter. So I I do, as we're about to kind of land it, want to bring up um, a passage from the New Testament, because I think sometimes people say regarding the Ten Commandments or things in the new in the old Testament, they can be like, well, you know, we're New Testament people and we're, we're kind of those rules are old and Jesus came and he, you know, got rid of those things. Well, this is what I would say to that response as far as keeping the Lord's day holy. In Mark chapter two, Jesus says, and actually they were, this came at a time when the Pharisees were kind of giving him a hard time for allowing his uh, disciples to pick the wheat to feed themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and Jesus responds to them and he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord over even the Sabbath. That question, that point can be where you examine your conscience on this. Am I making Jesus Christ intentionally, discernibly the Lord of this day? Yes. 
Oh, love that. That's such a great kind of conclusion to this, uh, this podcast to, to really ask that question again. Yeah. So I encourage you to, uh, search your hearts and your consciences about the way that you have been, um, observing the Lord's day and see if perhaps he's calling you to a greater acknowledgement of his Lordship over that day with trust that he has gifts he wants to give you in your That's obedience right. to his commands. Right. And call your mom. And call, and call your <laughs> call mom. Your if your mom's, still, if yeah. your mom's still alive, call her. And if she's not, pray for her. A day for families. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Next time we'll be continuing this series. We hope you'll share it with others and, uh, the beauty of the fact that it's a podcast is that you can always go right back to the beginning uh, with someone if you want to walk shoulder to shoulder through these uh, commandments. So I encourage you to have conversations, to share ideas, share hearts, share minds, so you can grow in greater intimacy with each other and in greater holiness. So until next time, God bless. God bless. <laughs>